Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And today we're going to be talking all about B2B marketing and sales. And with that, I have a special guest, Ed Forto. He's a client acquisition architect and framing the future of sales and marketing success. I'm really excited to have this conversation for all the listeners out there. And with that, uh, Ed, welcome to the show. Christopher, thanks so much for having me on. I was looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, tell people how you got started, your journey, and what you do now. Sure. I have been a marketing consultant for over 30 years. I've been working with small to medium-sized businesses all the way up to companies that do a half a billion dollars a year in uh, sales. And my focus has always been on sales and marketing. I was uh, sales trained by a guy who was one of, the, one of the original Sandler franchisees, if you've ever heard of the Sandler, Sandler Sales Institute. Really sharp guy. I worked with him for three years, and then I did sales training for 12 years after that. And uh, I absolutely loved it. I'm a big proponent of persuasion. So in the last four years, I have been doing, uh, focusing mostly on email marketing and specifically email deliverability. And the reason why I got into that is because I was doing my own campaign, ran into email deliverability problems. My emails were nowhere to be found. And I ended up connecting with um, my current partner in that business, who had been uh, an email deliverability analyst, the, actually the top email deliverability analyst for a company in Europe. And uh, he taught me a lot about why emails go into spam. We ended up working together. So that's a big part of what we do. From that, I would talk to clients and we would identify problems in their marketing process and we would fix those also. So everything kind of went full circle. I'm back into doing what I really enjoy the most, doing sales and marketing stuff. Yeah, interesting. And um, so one thing that we were talking backstage is, you know, a lot of um, a lot of businesses and company, a lot of businesses, they focus on B to C, but you focus on B to B. And you know, talk a little bit about you know boosting B to B success and how you approach it compared to B to C. <laughs> Sure, sure. Well, in, in B2B, there's the rules are a bit different. Uh, and so what we find is that a lot of companies that have been doing a lot of advertising to get B2B clients, advertising costs are going up. 
So they're starting to move towards cold email. Cold email has been around for quite a while. I was doing cold email before it was even called that back in 1998. It's since has changed quite a bit. And so they'll come to us wanting to do cold email campaigns. And one of the biggest problems with cold email is email deliverability. It's just the nature of the beast. You're sending a lot of emails to people who haven't requested them. So some will get marked as spam. And then eventually a lot of your emails get marked as spam and you kind of shut down. So a lot of people would come to us saying, could you help us fix our email problems or could you help us get set up so we don't run into email problems? So we would we would fix those problems for them. And what would end up happening would be they would not, the emails were getting in the primary inbox, but the sales weren't increasing. And the interesting thing about email deliverability is you fix the problem, which is what I really love about it. You see the problem, you fix the problem, and immediately you get a result. So like emails are going into spam, we fix it, email go, emails are going into the primary inbox, just as simple as that. What we found is that, that every business has like several things that might go wrong. Like email deliverability was just one of them. And so we'd fix that. And then in some cases, if that was the only thing that was wrong, we'd see an immediate increase in sales. I have a case study up on my uh, LinkedIn page where one client, and it's not unusual, had an increase of a 674% increase in sales because we fixed that one thing. So what we ended up doing, seeing if there were other little things that could be fixed in the process. And, and we found plenty. Like A lot of people do the big things right, but it's the little things that they miss that cause it's the difference between success and failure. And so we help them fix those little things. Yeah, I love that. Un uncovering the hidden pitfalls of client acquisition. Kind of explain people about this, this concept. Sure, sure. And, and I can talk again going back to like email and even advertising. So uh, let's take a, a typical situation where a business owner or, or a salesperson from a B2B company is reaching out to someone. We'll use LinkedIn as a good example, but this also happens in email. So my first message that I may have to you after I've connected with you on LinkedIn, what might be, uh, I do this, and would you like to book 15 minutes uh, to talk about it? Like, oh, wait a second. I, I don't know who you are. Why would I book 15 minutes to meet with you? Especially, why would I book 15 minutes to subject myself to a sales presentation, which is obviously what you want to put me through? And it, But people see that and they think, well, that's the way we sell in B2B. Like, no, it's, it's absolutely not the way we sell in B2B. Uh, I don't know if you're old enough to remember uh, the Kirby salespeople that used to go door to door, knocking your door and sell the Kirby vacuums. Have you ever, maybe you never experienced it before. And I may be dating myself by talking about Kirby vacuum cleaners. Have you ever had a Kirby vacuum cleaner salesperson knock on your door? Was that the one where they go in and then they pretend like they do like a room and then they uh, try to get you to like sign up for their vacuum cleaner or their service or something? Was that is that was that the one? Very similar, very similar to that. So people they would come in a neighborhood uh, in one car. There might be three or four of them, and they would go knock on doors and they say, "Hey, we'd like to clean your your carpets or vacuum your carpets." And so if they got somebody to say yes, 
Then they would all get together. You'd see like three or four of them. They'd grab the vacuum. They'd come into your house. They'd start vacuuming. And then they'd show you the dirt and filth that was in your carpet that your vacuum cleaner missed. So it was a pretty good presentation. You would think, wow, my vacuum cleaner missed all that dirt? Psychologically, though, there's a problem with that. You just told the homeowner they're a terrible house cleaner because they missed all this dirt. How could you miss all this filth? You've got children that are playing on this dirty, filthy carpet. So a lot of times there would be conflict and they go, they, the, the homeowner would feel insulted, even though they put on this great demonstration and they weren't interested. Maybe one out of 20, one out of 30 would go, okay, I'll buy this thing. But what, what happened back then was it was common and okay for somebody to knock on your door and you would let them in and they do the sales presentation. That doesn't work anymore. You just can't walk up to somebody and start pitching them. They don't like that. It's it, it's off-putting, but that's what we see people doing. And so what I tell people is that you want to approach things differently. Everything in sales, especially B2B, is based on relationships. You're not getting very far at all if you haven't built relationships and built trust. And so yeah, I think the reason why we may be talking is because I talked about the three-part process I follow for building trust, building relationships, and actually selling without ever having to actually sell. The other thing you talk about is um, embracing change and the ev evolution of B2B sales and marketing. Yes. Yeah. And, and it really is it, moving away from this immediate, let's get down to business. And it's more of a three-part process. So the first step is we, we make friends. And that's pretty easy. It's a whole lot easier to make friends than it is to try to sell somebody. The next step is we talk shop. And then we do business. So imagine you're at a gathering somewhere at a, at a mixer, business mixer, and you meet somebody. It's a natural thing. You introduce yourself, say, hi, Chris, I'm Ed. And what do you do for a living? You tell me what you do. We may start talking business. So now we're talking shop. And then maybe in the conversation, you say something about uh, the way you're getting business and maybe having a challenge with ads. And I and I mentioned that I'm doing email marketing and some of the stuff that I'm doing there and I'm, it's going really well without having to really say, sell you on anything. I'm just mentioning what I do. Now, all of a sudden, you've got an interest. In this. Maybe I should try this email marketing thing. Uh, and we trade business cards. We get together later. So later on, we're, we're doing business. And that's the type of process that we've done for centuries for doing business. It's, it's gone kind of slow. Let me meet you. We'll talk some shop. We'll do some business. And we just repeat that process now. It's going back to kind of the older way we used to do business. The only difference is, is we do some research ahead of time and we determine the per if the person that we're talking to has an interest in what we're doing. So what I would do is I would do some research on you before I went, before I attended the event, I'd seek you out. And I know ahead of time, you had an interest in email marketing. There's several ways to find out whether you had interest in it or not. And so when I met you, I already know, okay, Chris has, Christopher has an interest in email marketing. I don't have to sell them. I just have to, if we're friends, we're talking shop, we're getting along. He finds out that I do email. He's interested in it. I just have to wait for him to ask me, hey, I was thinking about email marketing. Could you help me? And that's the way it goes down. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. 
you have you have so much knowledge and wisdom and um you explain it so well one thing that we talk about is so what uh, especially with ai um what role do you see ai playing in the future that's a mixed bag well, I'll, I'll tell you one of the things that i do that really works well and then i'll i'll, I'll tell you how ai might uh, impact it so i have something that i call content amplification and it's one of the ways that I get to make friends with somebody. So let's say you're on LinkedIn, you're posting content, and it's just not getting a whole lot of traction. I can get a like here, a like there. But I can see that you're putting effort into your content. And again, I've done my research. I know that you're interested in email marketing. You've been, there's a lot of different ways you can find out. One of the ways you can do this is if you have LinkedIn Sales Navigator Advance, there's a filter that'll tell you the people that have buyer intent. So I would have known on two of the filters that number one, that you have you have an interest in uh, email verification services, and you have an interest in email marketing uh, apps, because you've done a search because the, the LinkedIn's all algorithm, it's LinkedIn's owned by Microsoft, they're on 85% of computers. They know everything you're doing. So they know the searches you've done. They know what you've done on LinkedIn. They're pretty accurate at determining intent of somebody, buyer intent of somebody. So I know that going forward. So when I reach out to you, I'm saying, Christopher, I see that I, I, I comment on some of your posts. Well, then we have this like public conversation in the post. Uh, that conversation gets moved over to a DM. And then I might say something like, Christopher, you, you've got really good posts. I'm, I don't have any idea why you're not getting more traction. Do you know? And, and then you, you tell me, I, it seems like you put a lot of effort into it. Would you be open to this? Would you be open to supporting each other's content? And whenever I see your content, I'll engage on it. And whenever you see mine, you'd engage on mine. And if I, if I made that offer to you, would you, what would you say? I'd say yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Most people would, absolutely. Most most people would. So, what ends up happening after that is, uh, you're coming on my posts, and I've already got people that are engaging in my posts. Uh, they are value based po posts most of the time, so they're educational. I'm telling you, like things that you could do, uh, and usually involving email marketing that could help. But the thing that you're seeing is other people saying really nice things about me. Like Ed is a, an expert. Ed is always offering value. Ed really knows his stuff. You're going to see like three, four, five, maybe 10 people saying that in almost every post that I write. You see that. I'm saying nice things about you and your show. When you post on, when you comment on my post, you're now going to be influenced by all of that. You're probably going to write nice things about me. Um, and you know that I do email marketing and you have an interest in email marketing. We already know that. And you want to, I just have to wait until it's the right time. And you'll probably reach out to me because you want to be congruent with the nice things you're saying with me about me publicly about doing email marketing. So that's the current situation where AI could be a bit of a problem is that now LinkedIn is going to give people the ability to write their posts by just typing in, they're going to get uh, uh, a suggestion on what to write. I, and I've seen it. They, they've shown me a couple of things where you get three suggestions, write about these three things. And then you have the ability to like, start the post, the first 30 words, and the AI would do the rest of the writing for you. That kind of corrupts the process because now you don't have as much time invested in that article. It, it wasn't your idea. 
Hey, do yeah. you care whether you get engagement on that post? Eh, maybe, maybe not. I mean, you'd like to, but it, you're certainly not uh, in, emotionally invested in it. We are changing the way we reach out to people, but that could be a bit of a problem. AI can certainly reduce the amount of time you spend on things and make you more efficient, but it also can disconnect us a bit where we're not having that ability to make the relationships that we need to do business. Yeah. Very fascinating. Uh, how can people um, contact you, follow you, uh, you know, reach out to you? Sure. If you uh, go to my, the best place to reach out to me is to go to my LinkedIn profile uh, on LinkedIn, Ed Forto. Uh, so it's LinkedIn dash in or backslash in backslash Ed Forto. Reach out to me, ask me for my content amplification guide. It's an interactive brief. It takes six minutes to go through. It explains the whole content amplification thing. Uh, and then if you have any questions about it, you can try it. It works extraordinarily well for developing relationships with people. It's it, the antithesis, 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 Jesus. I can't get the word out right. It, 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 well, let me put it this way. It is, an, it, it is the best way to sell that you can, can, uh, you can do without actually having to sell. Yeah. Antip- <laughs> I, I, I'm stumbling over my words, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, let's for the all the audience out there. Let's thank Ed for uh, coming onto the show, having a really fascinating discussion B two B and business, and uh, all of his resources will be in the links and show notes. And with that, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast, Christopher. Thanks for having me on. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.